0: Alright, news roundup information overload hour. Sean Hannity show 800 941 Sean. If you want to be a part of the program. Now, any American with eyes to see, uh, that's not blinded by pure partisanship, uh, knows that leaving Americans behind something Joe Biden told us two weeks before him doing it that he would never do, um, is a bad idea. But there are exceptions. Then you have the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, thinks that it's Biden's withdrawal was historic and remarkable. Well, obviously, she's not left behind enemy lines, held hostage by the whims of the Taliban.
1: I think the president made the right decision to leave Afghanistan. I think we should have left a long time ago. We should have stayed longer in the beginning to get the job done. We only routed the Taliban. We did not defeat them. And then we left to go to Afghanistan, to Iraq. But having said that, over time, I think we should have left sooner. Uh, I do think that uh, the historic uh, evacuation of 120,000 people was remarkable, and I commend the administration for that. This is never easy. That's not always, uh, complete right from the start. Uh, but it was remarkable, even though it got off to, uh, a, a hazy start. And, uh, now we, now we go forward.
0: Now we go forward. Anyway, Congressman Ronnie Jackson is with us uh, from the great state of Texas. Remember, he used to be the personal doctor for Presidents Obama and Donald Trump. He uh, uh, oversaw the cognitive test that Donald Trump took, 30 questions, and he aced every one of them. And it's not an easy test. I've actually gone and looked at it. That test is really hard. Hey Sean, how you doing? Thanks it, for having me. It starts easy, right? The test, but then like, give some of the harder questions. For example,
2: yeah, well, you know, you have to do things like serial seven. You have to count backwards uh, from a hundred by seven. Uh, you know, you you put like five words out there, uh, and then you you ask the patient to repeat the words, and then you go and do other parts of the test, and you come back at the end and you ask them to repeat the same five words after that. Uh, you know, so there's 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 a lot of there's a, I think that the memory part is pretty challenging. Uh, so, yeah, it just is just, you know, your spatial. I can tell it's you were
0: straight and, up, I would I would coming back and asking me the five words later, I can't tell you who was on my show the last hour. But in all but in all fairness, I really couldn't tell you I would have to really think who was on the TV show last night. Now, does that I mean that, you know, mean that I, I'm in a cognitive decline? Now, I can tell you everything about well, Jimmy Carter's record, Ronald Reagan's record. Yep. Uh, George Herbert Walker Bush's record Clinton's record uh, then Bush's record 43 and then Obama Biden and Trump and now this cognitive mess we got in the White House.
2: Yeah, that doesn't mean you're cognitively impaired. You know, you don't have to get a perfect score to pass the test. You know, obviously Joe Biden wouldn't get anywhere close to, uh, to even passing the test. But, you know, you know as well as I do, Sean, the one thing about Donald J. Trump that I learned early on, that man's got an incredible memory. He can talk to people and he hasn't seen them forever and he will know something about their life or their family. He can interact with members of Congress and he'll know every one of them by name, which is crazy. I mean, I can't even do that. The people I work with every day. So he's got a unique ability when it comes to that stuff, and it's no surprise to me that he got 30 out of 30 on
0: that test. I'm going to get back to this in a second. Let me go back to Nancy Pelosi. We'll we'll bounce around here a little bit. Biden's Afghanistan withdrawal is historic and remarkable, and I don't know the extent to which you are comfortable talking about it, but you know about efforts, have been involved in efforts with private chartered planes to get Americans out of Afghanistan These are the planes that we've talked about in northern Afghanistan or the uh, Islamic Emirates of Afghanistan that the Taliban now for, what, six, seven days have denied uh, an opportunity to leave. And what even gets worse, in in my view, Congressman, is that our own State Department has said they're not going to help. As a matter of fact, they're actually put out a State Department memo that said no independent charters are allowed to land at any military base and most if not all countries uh in the middle east they will not give any permission for you to land there uh with the exception of perhaps saudi arabia you need to find another destination and it can't even be the united states so we have american citizens putting money together because they ain't cheap and they're trying to rescue americans they're sitting on a tarmac and our own government won't help them get the hell out of there
2: yeah, Sean, I, I can't tell you how, this, how much this just pisses me and so many other Americans off. I'm am so sick of the State Department lying to us and then turning around and trying to pat themselves on the back and, and trying to change the narrative here. They left Americans. They abandoned United States citizens among the Taliban and ISIS, and they did nothing to help them get out. Nothing. I'm telling you. I got four citizens out from my district that, that, that are from Amarillo, Texas. They were over there, a woman and three children. She was an Afghan-American. The father's an Afghan-American that stayed here in the States because he works here, and he, he had to work. They went over to see some extended family, had no idea that they were going to get trapped over there uh, in the middle of a bunch of, you know, uh, radical terrorists that, that – that are, that are hunting them down now and have the government abandon them. But that's exactly what happened. They tried every single thing they could. We called the State Department relentlessly. I found out about it because the father called me. We called the State Department. We started just calling, trying to work every angle we could with the State Department. How do we get these people out? What they were doing was just sending them text messages. Go to the gate. Don't go to the gate. Uh, you know, And, and they, 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 would, they would tell them to go to the gate and they would get to the Taliban checkpoint they couldn't get through. We've seen all that. The State Department didn't seem to understand that. They're like, well, Show them your passport, tell them you're a U.S. citizen, they'll let you through. They weren't letting people through like that. That's not the way it worked. They went every day until it got so tense that one of the uncles was beat up. The 15-year-old boy was struck in the head. The mother had a pistol put to her head, and they told her if she came back to that checkpoint, they would—they were going to kill her. They did not care that she was an American, and they told her that. We don't care about your passport. We don't care if you're American. You come back here again. We are going to kill you. They tried every day until eventually on the 31st, the Americans pulled out of there. We found out at that time... Because we we, I had a team on the inside, not the team of Americans couldn't get in, but the Americans that I was working with, they were all former uh, U.S. special operators, and they had, they had, they had uh, Afghanis that were on the inside that had worked not only as interpreters to them, but as special forces guys that helped them with security and stuff. Thank God those people were still in there, and they still had a relationship with them. They called these people. They got my family to a safe house, and they hid them. Because the next day the Taliban was in their neighborhood looking for them, we realized that Kabul was way too unsafe. We started moving them up north to try to get them out via another route. They took a treacherous ten-hour trip up to Marzari uh, Sharif to get up there because there were some planes up there that some you know, some some uh, you know some
0: generous. These were charter planes that uh, planes, that Americans yeah. had generously offered and sent over there right. and. Re- and then we have special forces guys that we're not going to talk a whole lot about that have been on the ground um, covertly trying to save American lives. Uh, you managed to get the four people out. Am I correct?
2: That's right. They went up there. We got them up there. The planes were there. They went three days to that airport. Three days. They were manifested. on. We had them manifested on all six planes just in case one plane went and the other one didn't. The planes were there. They were fueled. They had crews. They're ready to go. They could not take off. Initially, part of it was the Taliban not letting them take off. We found out later that it was actually the State Department that was also stopping people from receiving them on the other end so they could refuel or whatever else they needed to do. So they were just frozen there. They tried three days. Eventually, we realized that they were going to get killed if we kept them up there and kept bringing them to the airport to try to get out of there. So our team worked it out where they went to the border and we snuck them across the border and the embassy found out about it because when we got them across the border, just, we got them across the border. They needed tourist visas once they got into the country. And I won't say where they went, but once they got into the country, the state department knowing that they were already across the border helped with those visas and then went to the, went down there as they came across
0: and they uh, took credit
2: and and greeted them. And they tried to take credit for it. Sean, even worse. They put stories out to spin it that pay we, we told you guys that we had a plan. We just got four Americans out. Uh, we have a plan. We are working on this. So we're going to get people out. That wasn't their plan. They don't even know how it happened. They had nothing to do with it. Nothing.
0: I'm so disgusted, you know, as I look at this memo that I just read to you um, and all the other information that I keep bringing out here. It just, it shocks my conscience that it, this could ever happen. But, you know, I want to go back to the very specific words no independent charters are allowed to land at a at a specific Air Force base, the military air base you mentioned in your communication with Samantha Power. In fact, no charters are allowed to land at any DOD, Department of Defense base, and most, if not all, countries in the Middle Eastern region, with the exception of perhaps Saudi Arabia, will allow charters to land. You need to find another destination country. Oh, and it can't be the United States either? Then the official noted that uh, though some third countries may require official approval from the State Department before accepting a private charter flight, that the State Department will not provide that approval. They said it in writing. Yeah. And you know what they said? You know what the reason was when they were asked about it? They said, well,
2: it's because we haven't been able to vet these people. Yeah. You know why? Because you left. You left the country and you left Americans behind. If you're not at that airport to vet them, that is not their fault. That's your fault. What are you going to do about it? What is your plan? So they keep telling us they have a plan, and then they turn around and they, they admit that they have no plan. And, you know, Sean, i tell you, this is the bad part. Why do you think they did that? What? Why does it? Why does the United States not want these Americans to get out of there? Number one, they didn't let our troops go out, gather them up, and bring them back. You know why? Because Biden is so risky first worried that somebody, that, that we'd have military forces, would have a military member that was killed in the process. You know what? Most military members I know, they were willing to do that. That's part of their job. They would have gladly went out there and done that, but the Biden administration would not give them authorization to do it. That's number one. Number two, they don't want these people coming over because they're worried there might be a terrorist among them, right? And they don't want to be responsible for a terrorist in the United States. You know, they should send them to the third country and vet them there. If you can't vet them in in that country, it's still your responsibility to get these citizens out. Don't take anything but citizens. Put them on the plane. Get them out of there. And then, you know, the last thing, Sean, is that they don't want these Americans to get out because they don't want the narrative that, patriotic citizens went over there and did the job that our government could not or would not do. And that. Is the no, not that could not.
0: It was would not. Anyway. I'm not, I'm right. not allowing the could not, they would not. Right. You know, right. Joe Biden was saying to George Stephanopoulos, Oh, we're never going to leave Americans behind. State Department. Yeah. You might want to make your way to the airport, but we cannot guarantee your safety. Um, then uh, today's Saturday, and I know the deadline's Tuesday, probably it turned out to be Monday. Um, today's not a good day to go to the airport. Oh, if you're at the airport, uh, we have information that there might be a pending terrorist attack. Get it, Leave the airport. You know, now the worst part of this to me, though, Congressman, is how preventable it all was. And I don't want to sound like yeah. a broken record. But we saw the Taliban on the march as early as the month of March, as early as April and May and June and July. And Biden, even though the Afghan army that was so well trained that he bragged about in July, was getting rolled in every province. And they were taking over 60 percent of the country as they marched towards Kabul. Uh, there was no urgency to speed up the withdrawal and get out every American all their family members, all of our Afghan allies, and all of the billions of dollars in military equipment they now gave terrorists.
2: Right. It's it's crazy, Sean. It's unbelievable. We have turned Afghanistan back over to the people that we took it from. We have trained them. We have released all kinds of radicals that that have one goal in life, and that's to wipe the United States off the face of the earth. If you don't think they're going to muster up and come back here again, you're crazy. That's what's going to happen, and we have done that voluntarily. I'll tell you, you know... You could take any plebe, any first-year person at the United States Naval Academy. You know, 19 years old, just started the Naval Academy. Put them in charge of this mission. They would have done a better job then the senior leadership we have in the Pentagon right now that let this happen as well. And I hold them accountable. I hold the State Department for sure accountable because the State Department is running the operation. It should have been run by the military. And that national security advisor, the joke that is a national security advisor at the White House, those people need to step down and let somebody else lead us out of this. The, the, The flawed leadership, the lack of leadership that got us into this is not going to be what gets us out of
0: this. All right, quick break. We'll come back. We'll continue uh straight ahead with Dr. Ronnie Jackson and then your calls 941 Sean as we continue. All right, twenty-five to the top of the hour, eight hundred-nine four one Sean. If you want to be a part of the program, we'll get to your calls. Uh one of the things that we've been pointing out and telling you is that four prisoners that Obama and Biden exchanged for Bo Bergdahl, remember he went MIA. Well, they're now in senior Taliban positions. Four out of the five Gitmo detainees, who Obama and Biden released in exchange for Bo Bergdahl, now hold senior positions in the interim government created by the Taliban in Afghanistan. Saturday is the 20th anniversary of 9-11. You have many families that lost loved ones on 9-11. I lost friends on 9-11, a lot of them. A lot of people i knew a lot of acquaintances uh anybody in the new york dc area uh usually knew somebody that at least knew somebody that was you know died that day 2977 souls lost human beings fellow americans remember the nine eleven 11 commissioner report they were at war with us we're not at war with them now the islamic emirates of Afghanistan will once again be where they plot, plan, scheme their next attack against this country. But don't worry, unvetted Afghan refugees, according to FoxNews.com, they're allowed to leave Wisconsin's military base completely unsupervised. They're not vetted. Why would we let unvetted people? And we're also hearing, this is according to Congressman Tom Tiffany of Wisconsin, he discussed his recent trip to Fort McCoy, an army installation, central Wisconsin, and he said it appears that they're doubling down on bringing people completely unvetted into the country. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. That's like his open borders policy. Something, look, we, we already saw the consequences of Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris, you know, great genius support of uh, all things, uh no bail laws. Remember tweeting out the support for the Minnesota Bail Fund? Yeah, one of the people involved in that, yeah, uh that they released, unfortunately murdered somebody. Uh-oh. Well, how did that happen? Because you let them out of jail, and you didn't hold them accountable when you had them in your possession. It's really that simple. So uh, you got this Minnesota... Remember, the bail fund backed by Kamala Harris helped free an alleged domestic abuser who is now accused of murder. George Howard, 48, comes involved in a road rage altercation, Interstate 94 entrance ramp, before he shot another driver. What do we have, 500 riots? Officially, I think they declared 250 to 300 of them riots. Democrats, they don't they don't show I, I've been very, very uh, outspoken about what happened on january 6th that can't happen in this country apparently by the way the installation of the new government and the islamic emirates of afghanistan uh linda i i picked up today that that's going to be held on 9-11 that's going to be held on saturday
3: not not only is it being held on nine eleven, but we have now you know it's always been one of these things that, that, you know, we knew that Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, UAE were nations that had always recognized the Taliban, right? Since, since the 90s. But now we've got Russia, China, and Turkey joining. We've got Qatar or Qatar. And I'm trying to figure out, and we've got $31 million, U.S. dollars going from China to the Taliban. They dodged a question in a press briefing today about it. They're obviously not going to acknowledge it. But this is because of a vacuum left by Joe Biden. So we've got all these kids that don't know the parents that they lost on 9-11, all of these people who died in these buildings on 9-11, and all of the people who died afterwards from inhaling all of the chemicals that were down there while they tried to find the bodies of all of these poor people that were crushed inside the towers. For years, they were looking for bodies. And now, now this is how we repay all of the people who went over and served in Afghanistan, the people that went over and looked you know, to find terrorists, and they lost their family members. What I mean, everyone I know, including myself, knows where they were on 9-11-2001. Every single person. This is, this is an embarrassment to the world, and it shows how weak we are right now. It's I mean, the man can't put a sentence together, but this is far, far worse. Now we have allied nations. We have an allied force now with the Taliban, and they have all our weapons and all of the biometrics of all of our people. And we just left it behind.
0: No, the enemy now has it. Radical Islamic terrorists have it. The only hope for the Americans that was behind closed door, uh, behind enemy lines, the only avenue they might have had, the only shot out of there that they had, was getting to northern Afghanistan where the resistance held their position. But because of all the weaponry Joe gave the Taliban, they've been able to roll the resistance and now take control of mazar sharif airport which is where these chartered airplanes have not been allowed to take off for almost a week
3: and i saw the hit piece on you because you're supporting re- to, to rescue americans
0: yeah by the way i didn't see it somebody just mentioned it to me before tv last night and i said wait a minute sean hannity supports militias i said no they're special ops retired
3: right these are the, green the marines, best Navy military sales. yeah marines it's ridiculous yeah and this I'm isn't like, like yeah, this isn't the I'm cartel.
0: Of the, I'm in awe of them. They now they're retired. They did their duty. They served their country. They risked their lives. Now they see what's happening, and they're like, they can't stand it. Because this is everything they've fought for their whole careers. And they're now willing to put themselves behind enemy lines, risk their lives again for their fellow Americans. We're not talking about militia. We're talking about trained navy seals special forces guys that are willing to get behind enemy lines to try and save americans many but, I, I, but I don't Sean, want here's to point. about everything i know i don't want to talk about it we can't talk
3: about it because we can't divulge anything right because this government is working against us but then the state department tries to take credit for what people are doing without any help from this government whatsoever and then we have a head Taliban that's on the FBI watch list. I think he's got a $10 million bounty. He's in charge of all the borders now that the Taliban controls. So I'm just kind of like, so these guys are going in, they're risking life, their, their lives. They're putting them on the line to save Afghan allies and American citizens and bring them back home. And this should be something that we're, we're about, right? But you know what the State Department said today about the Taliban government? You know what they said? They said that it's it's too uh, it's got too many male members and it's non-inclusive of women. I'm like, God, I mean, guys, it's the I just, Taliban. I can't
0: take it anymore. My my, it's my, insanity. My, my blood pressure is like through the roof. All right, Let me get to my pho- our phones here. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean Bob the liberal in the United Socialist Utopia of California. What's up, Bob the liberal? <laughs> Well, Sean, the conservative, uh, first of all, you know, most of our military men were not in, in
1: Afghanistan. They were fighting in Iraq in that war that we were lied into by President
2: Cheney, where we took off oh, uh, uh, Afghanistan. A broken
0: record. But you know, sure. let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Let's bring it up to modern day. Did Joe Biden lie when he told George Stephanopoulos they would stay and not leave any Americans behind? Because I have the tape. Did he lie? Did your he guy? Did your, did your beloved Joe lie? Why did Joe did lie? And the war, it's hard Excuse to use me. I'm off. asking you a simple question. I know it's hard. Follow the bouncing ball and listen. It's a simple question. Did Joe Biden lie when he said two weeks before he abandoned Americans behind enemy lines? Did he tell America that he would never do that? It was a fiasco. There's no doubt about it. I didn't ask you if it's a fiasco. I asked you. Okay, slow down. I know you want to talk about Trump. He's not the president right now. I'm asking a question because you're saying Dick Cheney lied and people died. Okay. Did Joe Biden lie? And are people going to die? Yes or no? end the war when he ran for president i'm asking you a question Why asking you
2: why didn't trump do it if he's so smarter than the general okay
0: good grief wendy in florida i I mean you just can't talk to these people they're just out of their minds hi sean hi wendy you know you (laughs) can't really have a conversation with a crazy liberal i mean welcome Uh, to my world uh,
1: Okay, so I'm going to try to bring your blood pressure down. Okay, thank you. Yeah, well, we're gonna we're gonna do uh, we're gonna have a happy talk because uh, we're celebrating our one year anniversary of our restaurant, and we got through the crazy COVID. We've got amazing customers, uh, we've got an amazing staff, and we've got great food and lots of beer, and we make everyone happy when they come in, including when you come down here.
0: Now, you call before, correct? Yes. We've talked to you before. Yep. And yes. if I remember, you, you specialize in these these special specialty beers, is that correct?
1: Yes. I'm so proud of my husband and my son, our son. Um, we couldn't do this if it wasn't the three of us. You know, Sean, when you talk about your family and the restaurant business, we never owned a restaurant until a year ago, and it's probably one of the hardest businesses I've ever been in and um, we work every day. If someone calls out sick, it's one of us that that is there, um, and if we're not in front of the house, you know, that's what people expect if you're doing a good job, so we have three wonderful managers. We've got eight people that have stayed with us through thick and thin since we hired them a year ago, but my husband was a beer distributor for 25 years prior to this business, where we did mostly imports, and he was Nominated by, um, it's it's an it's from the 14th century. The Brewers' um, knighthood. It's the Brewers' mash staff. They have a big celebration in Brussels every year, and you have to be nominated to uh, get this medal. And they nominated my husband, and it's all for a contribution and exceptional, like um, we'll say, uh, education on on Belgian beer and so he has a certificate they nominated him he went there for a week they honored him and so I think that's part of our success as well he's so educated on beer that when people come in they see the lineup of the beer and they want to talk to him and now my son has learned everything from him so between the two of them when people come in they just know to go right to Ian and Riley.
0: Well, listen, let me just say this. Uh, if I remember your name, it's called Outpost something, right? Outpost and a number. six. Linda's telling me, 611, <laughs> Outpost 611? Okay, yes. so no, no, I remember yes. now. Okay, Very I good. want everybody, yes. now tell everybody where you are in Florida, and I want everyone to go. And I'm going to tell mm-hmm. you, working in the restaurant business, it's the hardest business. The margins are tiny Tiny, I mean, tiny, 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 tiny. Yeah. Tiny. yeah. I mean, there's tiny. only so much you can charge for a hamburger. Yeah. Um, it's true. And these specialty beers are not cheap to make. So right. I and want everybody to know where burgers. they can find you, and we'll even put it up on the website so people can find it. Tell us what it is. Well,
1: you've been such a great supporter for us and our small business, and we really appreciate it. So it's Outpost 611 Eatery and Top House, and we're on McMullen Booth Road in Clearwater, Florida. And when you come in, we'll take great care of you. But we really want you to come to Florida. We've got a, um, we're expanding. And so in November, we'll have a private dining room with a specialty bar. And then we're expanding. Remember, we had the great Belgian chocolates.
0: Oh, yeah, I do.
1: <laughs> we're expanding that as well. So we'll have a, a store in the front with the Belgian chocolates. It's Leonidas. But um, I did want to say that, um, you know, well, the next about, time yeah.
0: I'm down in the Tampa Clearwater area, I'm going to stop in, and I want everybody to go there. Uh, we'll send yeah. our buddy Matt Towery to check it out first. And, uh, by the way, what do you have on the menu? Because I like to eat. What kind of food?
1: Well, since we were on your show, so many people asked us what the theme of our restaurant is, and we do. We came up with American Flair with a Euro flair because we have everything from pork belly to cheesecake steaks to bowls, salads, Okay, burgers, this is Hannity India. land.
0: I'm in. I'm sold. <laughs> and if I well, order a Coors you. Light with ice, do you not just promise you won't make fun of me. Well, uh, we have a beer
1: for you.
0: Don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll bring you to the other <laughs> You spot. hear what she's saying? She's like, I'm not going to give you Coors Light. I like Coors Light. <laughs> I want to do the show I, from her I, restaurant. I used to be a half a Hannity and Hannity. Now I'm like a six pack of Coors because Joe Biden's a, a president. God help us. I got to run, though, anywhere. Wendy. I love you. God bless your business. People in Tampa, it's called Outpost 611. We'll put it up on Hannity.com. 800 941 Sean is a number. We'll continue. Hannity, 9 Eastern tonight. Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. Don Jr., Lara Logan, Dakota Meyer. Wait until you hear this story. Rick Rennell. Dana Lash, Leo 2.0, Greg Jarrett, Kaylee McEnany, Clay Travis, 9 Eastern, Hannity on Fox. See you then, back here tomorrow. Thank you for being with us. You make this show possible.